Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. podcast starts now wow hello listeners from coast to coast you are listening to the one podcast in everybody's ears that's right i'm talking about stradio lab wow you really wound yourself up there um yeah sorry i have to believe in myself in order to do this podcast every morning which we do I hate that every time we start recording, I have to remind myself to believe in myself, <laughs> which is so not my default. No. And it, it's tough because you put that labor on me. You make me make you believe in you. And that's not my job. That well, I, I would say that because that. your default is making me feel so bad about myself that I have to bring you back up. So we're at a neutral spot. So I'm not, you know, crying. <laughs> Okay, I'm just honest with you, George. If you can't handle some honest criticism, you need to grow Obviously, up. I can't. No one can. <laughs> show me a person. Show me a person who can handle honest criticism, and I'll show you a literal sociopath. <laughs> George, it's part of the business. Get get a tough, get a thicker skin. First of all, I have had incredible work done, and my skin is thicker than any gay in this town. And second of oh, all, I bet it is. Oh, I bet it is. Here's the thing with honest criticism. The business is actually about dishonest criticism. So when you get honest criticism, you're like, who are you? You know, uh, you know, a philosopher. Uh, okay, let's do a little game. Okay. I'll give you like industry honest criticism and you give me industry honest criticism. Okay, go. 
Okay, George, first of all, we love you so much. Your voice is so unique and so, so beautiful. And obviously, I wanted to buy everything you were offering me, mm-hmm. but my bosses are so fucking stupid and they wouldn't even go for it. But definitely just keep trying. And I'm a huge fan. Sam, we were so excited to meet you. I have to say, when you walked in, I I immediately thought of that one bit. You know the one. Yeah. I thought of that one bit. And I said, that's the fact that that Sam, who did that one bit, is coming. I was like, I I turned to um, Kira and I said, you know the bit. That is so fun. That's so sweet. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And along those lines, we are going to have to end early. Oh. Well, Okay. Okay, so so Kira, we'll see you out. You can't take the water. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Um, that felt like a healthy exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have to say, yeah. our guest has, it, when we worked together, uh, did a similar impression of um, feedback like this that I'm, I'm not sure if he wants to do on air. Well, we're almost baiting him to do so. <laughs> yeah, but he can't speak yet. If he were um, to speak right now, the level of anger that I would conjure up, I mean, unprecedented. All the work we have done to accept ourselves would be shot as soon as he opened his mouth. If he were to potentially speak, I mean, I'd scream. I'd simply scream. Oh, I would do. You have to drown out the noise. The noise <laughs> being the voice of our friend Matt Rogers. Thank God he won't speak up right now because that would just be... No, my God. I would I would be so pissed. I mean, I'd have to God. go back to therapy. Guys, can yeah, I, st- can I stop you? Can oh, I my God, no. Because I have a note. I have a, I have no, a note, and I think it's going to be a really hey, helpful it, and constructive note. Obviously, we're so pissed at you, but is it a dishonest or an honest note? It's honest. It's honest. I'm on your guys' side. You guys, I slay. I go off. I literally am one of the girl bosses too. Like this is our this is our zone. I, I don't want you to think that like I am one of these execs, even though that is my title and my job that I sought out for myself for years. I want you guys to know I'm one of you. So when I say that your voice is too niche and too specific, but we really want to be in business with you, just definitely not on this. Know that that is like something that I mean from the bottom of my heart because guys, I slay too. And if you think that I haven't been told that my skirts are too short, too long, too wide, too thick, too thin, too <laughs> whatever, that my skin's too thin, that my skin's too thick, that my hair's too uh, thick and fart, <laughs> like then you have to know, like I have been through it too. And this industry is really hard, but you guys have T-A-L-E-N-T-T, talent. And I just want to say that what you've done so far in the intro shows a lot of potential. And let's meet again in like six months. And Kira, my assistant, who's also named Kira, is going <laughs> to... Um, put you guys in for, for oh, more, more stuff to be put in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah put in. She'll put you guys in. And please take candy. Please take candy. Oh my God. Okay. Thank you. Oh, yeah, well, I'm so glad guys. we're being put in. This is for yeah. you guys. This is for you guys. And, we're, and Kira's going to put you in. But I have to go walk away really loudly now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, I have to say, I'm really glad you brought up. Um, prejudice not just against thick skin but also thin skin oh because in this industry you either have to have really thick skin or really thin skin there's no one yeah 
it's you see these sitcoms and it's a man with really thick skin dating a woman with really thin skin but you never yeah. see like Which a normal is funny person. and that's funny it's funny it's, it's funny. funny for the woman to have thin skin and the man who's thick skin to sort of say whatever he wants to her so that she can kind of feel bad but we don't see it you we know what i mean who wants to sit with her feelings no one no mm-hmm. no no we need to see her come in say well what did you say <laughs> I okay, don't I'm know, laughing already. I'm laughing. This is LOL. Yeah, and then like the husband will be like, who the fuck cares what you think? Which will literally be the laugh line. And she'll uh-huh. be like, I guess no one. And the scene ends. And then the next scene, you see him like at work sort of having a right. conflict resolution with other thick-skinned men who probably exactly. have thin-wived skin. Thin-wived skin. Thin-wived skin, skin. Yeah. That's the name of the show. And then she's at home kind of holding in her tears, being like, I have to clean for Jason. And then everyone in the audience goes, aww. Aww. Which is the extent of how much they can feel for her. They can't feel outraged for her. They can't feel like genuinely sad for her, but they can feel aww. The the feeling you're allowed to have about women on screen is um, aww. Yeah. You're supposed to feel like, I understand. Yeah. And it's it's a rule. If if you break that rule, if you feel anything else, you, you can get fined. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, in this industry? And so and the fines are big. They got a lot of money in this town. Uh let me tell you. The first thing I had to learn, I mean, you know, I grew up kind of with a range of feelings. Huge. Oh, that's an, And you that's start, an you know, you start have going to you know, having meetings and 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 you know, um meeting various other people, and you always it's a process of narrowing down those feelings so that the only one left is, oh, yeah, here's a <laughs> it really, takes years. Here's a really good question. Um, when what age did you guys start having meetings? That's a really good question. Yeah. Um, I remember. Whew, well, I was 16. Um, yes. And, you know, I started getting meetings and. At first, it was scary because I was like, is this normal? Like, are boys my age getting meetings? And Mm -hmm. it actually, like, I was really embarrassed and, like, I was afraid to tell my parents. And then it turns out everyone else was having meetings, too. They just were also afraid to talk about it. So it wasn't really until college that I started talking about having meetings. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I probably was was getting generals when I was around 16. Well, that's the nature versus nurture debate. So I think for you, you know, it was... you. You were 16, you were conditioned and groomed in a certain way, and then it made sense for you to start taking meetings. Whereas for me, it was off the bat. I remember um, kind of popping out of the womb and immediately shaking the hand of the doctor and saying, um, you know, uh, it's so good to connect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Matt, that, how about you? Well, this actually, it's its really difficult to talk about, but I actually had a really ma- big, big meeting. One huge meeting when I was 12. Oh, and wow. As a result of that meeting, I, I I couldn't take another meeting until I was in my late twenties. <laughs> yeah, so I had. Oh, a, that's so that's so difficult that's so when sad. you know when your first meeting is um so powerful is yeah can can kind of is is traumatic yeah. and so then you can't have meetings until later on. It was you know it was a big meeting and it it let's yeah. just say a lot of things happened during the meeting and it was also really long and so then I couldn't take another meeting until I was in my late twenties. But I'm so happy I did because now I have a show on Quibi. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. often yeah. you know you'll take a meeting and it'll be too much and so then you will um you'll you'll convince yourself that your job should be organizing the meetings you giving the meetings yourself right um, right, right and some right, people right. think you know that's all i can do is is kind of 
put meetings into the calendar. And then you don't have the confidence to actually accept a calendar invite until later in life. Mm -hmm. I should say, I should say, I should just be clear. The meeting was the vote on the Iraq war. So that was why I was so upset afterwards is because it, it, it unfortunately went went the way that I voted. And now I know I knew almost immediately that was wrong. Well, I just think, I mean, it's such an important part of American democracy is when, you know, there's a, a tie they bring in, a, a boy, a young boy, yeah. Uh, yeah. a gay boy, because yeah. <laughs> they're so smart. Because I think yeah. that we all can agree that as young gay boys, we were all so smart, so much so smarter smart. than everyone else. Yes, yes. Well, when I was young, I remember thinking, "God, I should be making foreign policy decisions." <laughs> I I actually was in the running to come in to vote on the auto bailout, but <gasps> um, it went to someone else, unfortunately. That's I huge that say, you got I, in the room. That you got in the room is huge. It's I and I ha- listen. I'm happy for both of you that you have gotten these big meetings. You know, Matt. Obviously, the Iraq War. That was we all wanted that, and That's you know, huge. That changed. I've the moved on. I mean, it's been years at this point. Um, obviously, uh, my vote would have been the same as yours. It was obvious. We had um, to go. We had to go. We had to go. Had it to just go. it made sense spiritually. Um, you know, and 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 like we said with the feelings thing, you know, my feeling about the Iraq War was aw, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from the beginning. I still feel that. I still feel so aw. Yeah, I, yeah. I have you to have say, to. It's very. I'm. I've crossed over into a different emotion now regarding the, regarding the Iraq War, and it's actually very Sam Taggart. And my feeling on the Iraq War is sheesh, <laughs> <laughs> sheesh. That is the aw and sheesh binary is. <laughs> Once you cross over into Shish territory, you know you've made a huge mistake. It's true. And, can and I, when you say yeah, you voted, I, I mean that it, the vote was ah uh, or Shish. It was ah uh, or Shish, and I, I ultimately voted up. That's put me in a Shish territory, and that's why I wanted to come onto the podcast today, Stradio Lab, is because I just wanted to apologize for my part in bringing us to Iraq. Because well, we forgive you. We I forgive shouldn't you. have done that, and I think that we can forgive me if we've forgiven everyone else. Yeah, right, oh listen, babe. No one is holding that against you. You were a boy, and like it was so hard to deal with being gay. Like it, we all lashed out in different ways, and like it's you maybe true. brought us to Iraq, but like that's just one way that you lashed out. Like that's fine. I was you a know, boy. It was a war. Can I make <laughs> it any more obvious? Because we know that boys love war and they love to fight. Yeah. You listen, were trying to prove something. Exactly. I mean. We can't be held accountable. You were try- you know, you were in the closet. You weren't sure yet if you would be accepted. No, so you sorry, said, I'll stop you right there. We can't be held accountable, period. We can't. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's no. why I stopped speaking. <laughs> I was done with that sentence. If I had voted for, if I had voted against the war, they would have said, you know what they would have said? They would have said, fag. I, I was about to say. I'm sorry, but I could not take that at that time. And it was self-care. My vote for the Iraq war was self-care. Well, case I was closed. protecting me. Mm-hmm. And you have to look out for number one in this, Hello? In this industry. In this town? Oh, my God. Because no one else is going to look out for you. No one. Let me just say something, too. If Clooney votes for the Iraq War, he celebrated. He gives an Exactly. Oscar. Oh, oh, it's considered brave. They say he's brave. Oh, they and Matt Rogers votes to go to Iraq, and he's a faggot. Right. Awesome. Like, Hello? Like it's it, even for women, if women that vote for the Iraq war, they say, yeah, girl boss. There's, they say she's defining norms. They say, guess what? Women can be war hawks too, Hillary. And meanwhile, a gay boy 
has such a dilemma when it comes to voting for or against a war that we should not go to. Okay? And just think about that. It makes me sick. It makes me absolutely sick. Every time Cory Booker votes, understand there's something else going on for him. Okay? And that's what's interesting about Cory Booker. You would think it would be clear, but in fact, he is so devoid of any actual opinions that it's not even consistent with whether or not he's in or out of the closet. It's just kind of a... a, He hasn't committed to ah or sheesh. You know, I think this brings us, of course, to Pete Buttigieg. And if we can just get him in the room to vote, I think that would be a huge step into his own self-acceptance. And, you know, it would be terrible for the country. Oh, of course. We'd be going to one of the biggest wars we could go to. But that's the thing. You have to pick personal growth over collective responsibility every time every time in this time for me it's like that's not a it's not an issue of morals it's an issue of empowerment yes also you know the thing with getting pete Buttigieg in the room is he's actually transitioned since not becoming the nominee he's become chastin's uh podcast producer so he's right. getting him in the room is really hard because chastin has a big interview with tyler oakley coming up and um then after that he's actually um he has dua lipa so mm-hmm. um yeah so wow. Tyler Oakley, talk about someone who's um, voted in favor of many wars. <laughs> I actually have to say Tyler Oakley is great, but would he vote against the war? I don't think so because he no. has the same demons as us. And yeah. even even these YouTube stars who, who turn corners into social progress, they too have voted to bring us to a war that was um, illegal. I mean, you can't be a YouTube star and be a pacifist. It's a violent industry. No, 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 no. You you actually have to be the loudest of all of us because more people are watching YouTube than the news. Yeah. Well, YouTube is the news. Thank you. Well, on that note... I think we should bring in our guest. Yeah. So our guest (laughs) this week... You know him. He's a host of Bravo's Watch What Happens Live. (laughs) (laughs) He's been doing a really good job on that show. He keeps asking all the guests how they would have voted in the Iraq War. <laughs> Which is the t- kind of tough questions we need to be asking our Real Housewives. Yeah, none of them have any interesting answers, but he keeps doing it. I want you to know my Andy Cohen impression was literally going to be... <laughs> 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 I feel like he's got like smoker's lung like, for some reason. He does. He does. That's true. I don't know. Maybe he is someone who is really so... hard every night forever. Yeah. <sighs> Andy Cohen is someone who on paper should bother me so much, and yet I find him endlessly charming, and oh, I hate myself for it. I love Andy Cohen, and I actually yeah. think he's doing the Lord's work. Because no, I, that's the thing. Unfortunately, I agree. Yeah, I mean, he's he he's literally only fun. He, he just has a show where it's just like pe- women drinking and fighting, and he's like, girls, girls, and now he gets to do that forever. So he's essentially living out the role that we all played in middle school when our straight girlfriends would be fighting and we'd be moderators and we'd feel important because we were inserted into that conflict. He's essentially living that out loud, but with cocktails. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> he really is okay, like Murph. playing with Barbies. Come on, Merch. Live out loud with cocktails. Live out loud, but with cocktails. <laughs> One time. <laughs> um, but, but first coffee found absolutely dead in a ditch. No, torn no. Apart. Body torn apart. <laughs> ripped to shreds they're gonna have to study the teeth to make an identification on but first coffee <laughs> study the teeth okay but first coffee or rosé all day ah <laughs> oh, this is such a good question 
Uh, I'm going to say, but first coffee, because for me, literally, but first right. coffee. Oh, plus, you're, I mean, you're a real workaholic. Oh, can't stop <laughs> the stuff. Addicted to work. Oh, my sheesh. Oh, my sheesh. Oh, my sheesh. <laughs> sheesh. Oh. Oh, that's just a yeah. Thing. I would say, but first, co- I mean, but first coffee is more. Um, it is a clear cut opinion. Mm-hmm. Rose all day. Is it funny? Is it sad? Is are you? Is it self deprecating? You know what I mean. Not all day. You you can't have rose all day. You can't. You literally can't. There's. It's dishonest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Which we love. Which is fun. Well, okay, I respect yeah. it. I don't know if I love it because because I'll respect like the ambition behind rosé all day, but in reality, like if you think you can't get a hangover from drinking rosé, honey, uh, try it. Try it. Yeah, I dare it, you. It, I dare you. It, not just a hangover, but uh, b- babe, you have things to do. You can't be drunk at 11:30 a.m. Well, rosé all day, it's it's aspirational. I think I think That's true. But first coffee is literal and rosé all day is is a goal. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would say that, but first coffee is for our productive queens and rosé all day is for our hashtag beach bums with two M's. <laughs> yeah, you can either be productive or hashtag beach bum. Hashtag beach <laughs> no, bum no, no. or hashtag girl boss. I think yeah. rosé all day is for those girls out there who dare to dream. Who think of a better life, who think of, <laughs> you know, getting up and having a glass of rosé and then, I don't know, having a second and a third because it's rosé all day and it's the goal. Yeah. Another thing is, can I just say one word and get some reactions from you girls? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For rosé? <gasps> Listen. Rosé! No, no. We need it. You need to drink it. <laughs> no. Now. Like damn Oprah. Oh my Come God. On. Frosé is the future. Frosé is if you took your favorite thing, Rosé, and froze it, which makes it more commercial. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Freezing something always makes it more commercial. Honey, eggs. <laughs> you got a Bravo show. If you're freezing your eggs, welcome oh, to Bravo, oh, hon. Andy Cohen wants to chat. Love freezing my wait, I just saw literally the episode I just watched of Roni Tinsley uh, said that she froze her eggs. Okay, someone's behind. I am. I'm very behind. I've only started watching it in quarantine. Um, but but you know, I have to say I don't uh, care about her. Um, well, you won't here's have the thing to with Frosé. I once auditioned for the role of Perky Frosé bartender on. The Zoe Kravitz show High Fidelity. And wow. guess what? I didn't get it. Yes, I, I actually know who did. The guy Neil Well, yeah, I saw the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry. And also, someone, now that I think about it, actually... really nice and deserving booked it, George. Wait, can I and say you something? I you're actually, not supposed to say this in the industry, okay? I actually didn't audition for it, I just realized. I just remember reading the email. So you said no to it? I said... The I, opportunity I, no. of a lifetime? No, no, no. Here here's why queen. I got confused. Here's why I got confused, because I remember reading... I opened the attachment and I and I read it. So in my mind, I've said those words before, but I remember not actually sending in anything. What, wow. What's the worst audition you've ever like? I don't really do a lot of auditions, but I'm sure Matt has some stories. Yeah, I would love to know the worst like tight like name, like the worst like character name. Literally, like this is what's crazy. So 
the gay parts for some reason are all named Justin. They're all named Justin. But I did I did go out for a Kristoff once and I did go out for a uh, a couple Tuckers cuz of course everyone has that name. Every gay person like that's the name they really have, Tucker. And then I went out for, oh God, the Lizzie McGuire show. Um, I went out for her gay best friend. Like they were going to do the reboot. Gordo. No, 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 no. So Gar- Gordo's like, I guess not in the show or he's like not. But my name in that was Carter. Oh, I, that's a good one. I also one. auditioned for that. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I think they probably just sent it out to every gay and were like, let's see what happens. And then I, I, I actually, I heard about the person that booked it, but it doesn't matter now because it's, not canceled. <laughs> um, I I was the most offended when I got um thirty something gay coworker. Yeah, and I said, oh, "Wow, <laughs> wow! I guess I'm not a twink anymore." Yeah, no. I I I end up playing a lot of assistants. I actually have a shot of me and Shrill and me and comedians and cars getting coffee in the same color suit doing the same thing, which is bent over the stars like elbow asking them what they need. And literally I freeze I like took screenshots of both of them, put them next to each other, and I said, This is the difference in my career in seven years. It's like I'm playing the same and the thing is, my face is frozen in time. I have to give it to myself. You gotta give a shout out to that face. But my career has not progressed past assistant. Bitchy you know, gay assistant. I think actually that's... I think technically in Spookies, I am an assistant. You wow. are! <laughs> I am a gay assistant as well. Wow, you literally are. For me to be are. the only person in this podcast that has not played a gay assistant, I guess I don't have thick enough skin. Yeah, no, you need to, you need to actually take some supplements, bitch, because your thin uh. is a too thin. <laughs> <laughs> your skin is a too thin. Oh, I love your catchphrase. <laughs> you need to take some supplements because your skin is a too thin. Yeah, that's actually my housewife's catchphrase. These bitches <laughs> yeah. need supplements. Their skin is a too thin. Wait, and it just it just says, and it just says on the bottom of the screen, Matt. wait the other nights uh bethany said something that i I realized how broken my brain was because i genuinely was like this is the smartest thing i've ever heard and she goes first of all she prefaces this by saying i always say this and you're like all right what is it gonna be and she goes you can make a lifestyle out of a life but you can't make a life out of a lifestyle you know, she's actually not wrong. However, I would kind of rate it in like maybe the top thousand things I've ever heard <laughs> that I think are smart and not one uh-huh. of the none of the smartest things I've ever heard. But I think it's Hot smart. It. Yeah, yeah. I'm not mm. a I'm not a housewives. I've never seen housewives. So when people You're start right, talking right. about it, I, I get upset. Well, I, I, I used to be off. like that too. I, this is a very recent thing for me. <laughs> I think you would like it, Sam. I believe you. It's one of those it's like everything. Like you know, when I finally got into Drag Race, it was like, oh, sure, this is heaven. Like, I've, yeah, like sometimes you, it's that it's that thing of like, I mean, also, it's like, you know, every like the office. It's like, you know what? It's actually good. Like, shut yeah, up. Drag like, Race, The Office. Who is the time? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what really felt good to me? I was just at home for a couple of weeks seeing my parents because I who I hadn't seen since Christmas if you can believe. Same. Um, so I just went back to see them on Long Island and it felt amazing to just tell my dad, I'm uh, going to need this room to watch Housewives. And wow. he was like, okay. And it just got you to know, the Matt, point where like, I never, 
You've come a long way from that little boy that voted to invade Iraq. From th- from that little boy who took one big meeting and then hid inside himself. I'm finally here. I'm finally back. I'm taking meetings again. And <laughs> I am kicking my dad out of rooms in his own home so I can watch Lisa Rinna intimidate Denise Richards on television. You know, there wow. is something to that. When I was home and I had to say to my parents, like, actually, we were watching Drag Race tonight. It was like, oh, right. You yes. Watch that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes mother i do <laughs> um, and then she's like i love that show how lucky we are <laughs> to have parents who are so invested in our lives and happiness i recently found out that i think well i think this is my opinion of what happened my dad keeps revealing that he has seen many gay movies and i think what happened was after i came out he just like wanted to educate himself and just literally googled like gay movies and like the other week he referenced the movie weekend like the indie gay movie that includes like actual cum come on someone's chest or back or something yeah and he's like and he described it as one of the better movies on the topic (laughs) (laughs) i mean i i can't help but agree (laughs) <laughs> I, I i the thing is i also agree but phrase like that does feel it's, like the hate crime and your dad's going yeah. to jail he's going to jail oh, no. he's at least getting a huge oh, fine he's being, he's being carted away as we speak <laughs> gay um, police i would come. love to know his definitive ranking on film on, on movies the on the topic yeah, yeah. On the topic. i bet he appreciates broke he didn't like call me by your name hmm. a lot of gay people did it they're, okay, but they're just all, my dad's not gay, Matt. <laughs> well, well, then why is he watching all these gay movies? Okay, he's, true, he's true. He's standing weekend, so it's actually one of the how many meetings has ever. my dad taken? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt, it is time for our first segment in which oh, uh, it is called segment. Straight Shooters, and yeah. we ask you a series of rapid fire questions. You know how it works, so let's get into it. This baby. actually is my favorite thing to do ever: is to just be put on the spot and say things that probably are wrong. Okay, go. <laughs> okay, Deborah Messing or Susan Sarandon? Susan Sarandon. Okay, croissant, croissant, or croissant? Uh, croissant. Okay, a movie about moms letting loose, written by a man, or a pop song about female empowerment, written by a Norwegian man? A pop song about female empowerment, written by the Norwegian man. Um, a comedian promoting a show by saying, I'll be slinging jokes, or a comedian promoting a show by saying, Blank City, I'll be in you. Oh, um, Blank City, I'll be in you. Oh, no. Matt, <laughs> having seven almonds as a snack... Having a smoothie as a meal, or having a healthy body image? <laughs> having a smoothie as a meal. <laughs> um, dumpster fire or garbage person? Dumpster fire. Sam, you will not believe this, but literally one of my discarded ones because I couldn't think of enough was... Uh, wait, where is it? He's about to drag me. No. One of his discarded ones. Huh. oh okay it was using the phrase dumpster fire using the phrase said no one ever misusing the phrase throwing shade and then i needed a last like funny one but i couldn't i couldn't find it oh well i'm gonna say said no one ever yeah i'm actually gonna bring said no one ever back okay my final (laughs) one is matt l g b t q or plus and be careful okay (laughs) listen to me very clearly 
G. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt. Here's Look my in final my one. eyes. Go. Uh, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, Slytherin, or Sigma Nu? Or Raven Simone. <laughs> Raven Simone. Okay. You know, actually, this brings us to something that we did want to talk about and kind of teased on the previous episode that I do think would be a fun um, thing. Yeah. Is that we have all, as gay men, been to The View as a joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have I told you, like, what... And I don't wait, think, and I think wait, we all have sure. a tale to tell from this experience. I think, Matt, I think I told you my, I definitely have told you my view story because it gets very dark, but you should, well, Matt, yours is on tape. Mine is on tape. Well, part of it is on tape. So this, this is something that came at a really insane time because I went with Bo and Yang and uh, friend of the pod. And that's, that's how he's known. Friend. That's how he's known. As be, he's actually primarily known as being a friend of the pod's radio lab <laughs> secondarily he's on hbo max's aquafina is nora from queens and then yeah. i don't i forget um mm-hmm. his other things he plays aquafina he plays aquafina is <laughs> nora from Queens. it's actually bowen yang is aquafina is nora from queens <laughs> is the title of the show on comedy central um okay so we were like having a week from hell because we had both like been up for the same job opportunity which was the show saturday night live and we found out that he got it and i didn't and so that was like really weird it was just like weird for our friendship it was weird for me because i was like happy for him but like devastated for myself because that was still the time i really like wanted to do that but um we got this opportunity last minute to go to The View because a producer on the show listens to our podcast and was like, oh, we know that Matt is the biggest fan of Kelly Clarkson and Kelly Clarkson is on the show today. And I was like, I said to Bowen, I was like, they're giving me a plus one. Like, it will be so fun to go. Like, you know, I'm having a hard time. Like, maybe we need to focus on something else. Like, um, Let's just go. And he at, the, he at that time was being the best friend ever and was like, yes, like whatever you want to do, because he knew how sad I was. So we go to Kelly Clarkson on The View and they literally have like these seats for us. Like they, they're like kind of kind of taped off, like and they're in the second row. And then we're sitting there and I'm like, and I, it's it's The View, which I ironically was there, but I do unironically watch sometimes. And I say, well, Whoopi is she's really pissing me off today and etc those are kind of the things i'll say when i watch it on youtube so we're there and um the producers start sort of like tittering around like we heard kelly's biggest fan is here we heard kelly's biggest fan is here and something might happen and it was like this whole thing and then kelly comes out and does the interview and they sort of say like you know there's a huge fan here that wants to talk to you and i'm thinking like if they come over to me right now i'm gonna have a meltdown because i'm emotionally not in the place and i've already had the opportunity to meet her three times and cried thinking about it every time um (laughs) literally like i i went to do the howard stern after show when she was on the guest as like a normal guest and um i was in the lobby and i went over i i was walking over to go say hello to her and her band and i had beelined for the bathroom so that i could cry three tears and get myself together because i had to go do the show so that's the kind of state of mind i am in normally when it comes to her and um so at this time was really fraught but they go over to this like other gay 
And he takes the mic and he proceeds to say that he's lost 90 pounds listening to her music and that every day she was on the treadmill with him. Um, And I was sitting there like, oh my God, like, and this, and we're like right behind him. And so I don't know that we're on camera, but we very much are. And so Bowen is next to me and he's just like really supporting this kid. Like he's just like smiling, laughing, clapping, doing the most. And then Kelly offers this kid tickets to her concert. And he kind of very like nonchalantly accepts it. Like, yeah, sure. Like that'd be so fun. Like whatever. So then the segment ends, we go, And like, I guess later on in the day or the next day, that clip appeared on television and it was just, you could see just like the abject sadness and disappointment in my face while this kid is having this moment with my, someone who I've looked up to for such a long time. And Bowen is just cheesing so hard. Like he's just like supporting this kid. Like I've never seen him support anyone. Wow. I've never he's he's one of the meanest people ever. Yeah, no, we Um, all agree on that. And he is just giving everything to this kid. And so we left and it was just like true devastation. But I will say this, Sonny looked amazing that day. And she turned to the audience and we, Bowen and I said at the same time in unison, Sonny, you look amazing. (laughs) And she goes, and she she goes, Thank you. You know, whenever we're not filming, I don't even wear makeup. And we were like, "Woo, really? She goes, it's true. I don't. I don't wear makeup at all. And then they went back to the show. (laughs) That is an incredible tale. It's kind of like when I met Jeffrey Boyer Chapman and my friend told him as a joke, something along the lines of you're so hot. And then he replied, it's always crazy when people tell me that because for me, I'm still that nerd from high school. No. Should I actually drop a... No, Matt, it's all... I literally remember this as I was saying it, so you don't have to. Uh, but it will be fun to do it. Okay. <laughs> what? 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 You don't know this, Sam? I don't know if I know. I went on two dates with Jeffrey Boyer Chapman in the year two, 2013. After, <laughs> yep. That is so funny. Yeah, and he, he pursued me at the restaurant I was working at, and it was so shocking because I didn't know who he was. He wasn't like as gay famous as he is now. It was before Unreal. It was before Unreal. It was like, all he was was like a model from Vancouver, and he was in like some sci-fi stuff. So he like was at this restaurant, and he was eye fucking the shit out of me. And I was like, "This guy is so hot." I've like I, I don't think I've ever been hit on by a guy this hot. Like it's weird. He was aggressively like being presently like sort of like lascivious, and I was like, "Okay, this is this is a kind of crazy." And then after he was finished with his meal, he came over to me with his two girlfriends and were chatting me up and he got my number. And we went out and we like we had two dates and I remember like something about it just wasn't right and mm. I ended up we did hook up. Nice. Like, LOL. But um <laughs> after that like I he emailed me because he like wasn't a texter. I remember that was like a weird thing. He emailed me, um, I really want to come see your sketch comedy group, Pop Roulette, which was the sketch comedy group I was in on the time, which was me doing musical sketch comedy, flopping around like a noodle on stage and like wailing like to tracks. And I thought about him coming to see me in that, and I got so terrified that I like ghosted him. And about a month later, and he was the hottest person I had ever, ever even been involved with. About a month later, he reached out and was like, hey, I left my scarf 
which was the truly longest scarf you've ever seen anyone ever own. He's like, and I loved it. It was, and I loved that he left it there. I was like, fuck, I got a new scarf. He was like, I left my scarf um, at your apartment and I really need it back. So can you bring it to the Broadway Lafayette train station at this time? I was like, yeah, sure. Usually when someone leaves something behind, they just come pick it up, but I'll go completely out of my way to give this to you. It was torrential snow. It was like so bad. It was like, really really comically snowing that day it was coming down and i'm standing outside the broadway lafayette train station with his huge scarf and he comes by and i we do like a small talking handoff but and then he left because he i guess like he i don't know what it was but our chemistry was always weird because i just didn't know how to talk to someone like this but years later he became like gay famous for being on unreal and rupaul and now he's like the bane of gay society from being on canada's drag race because i have to tell you he's so bad (laughs) and i I literally said to myself over the past 10 years i was like why would i ever have ghosted jeffrey boyer chapman why and then i remembered oh his personality yeah well this is what i'm saying imagine imagine someone telling you as a joke that you're hot and you earnestly replying it's crazy when people tell me that because I'm still that nerd from high school. I mean, that is rough. That is and he rough, said that rough, with rough. no, like without missing a beat. I will say this. He's not a mean person. He's no. just like, he's just not in his body because maybe he, that really is true. You know what I mean? Like he says all these critiques on Canada's Drag Race and I'm like, what are you saying? And how are you saying it? Like nothing seems natural at all. Yes. I think that he is kind of, uh, saying words and sentences he has heard before but none of it is coming from a coherent um subjectivity got him thank you got him <laughs> no he's he's doing a rupaul impression but it's at 40 exactly. percent, and so yes. it's like it you know what just drop it just be with be yourself be whoever that is but then i i sort of remember from my time with him that that is kind of who he is so I don't know. yeah i don't think it's fake per se i think you know, I think he's someone who would benefit from voting for a war. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be put in a tough position for real. Yeah. Yeah. That would really be helpful. Uh, wait, George, what's your view story? Okay. Um, yeah, I so hijacked I went, that. Sorry. I, I, no, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't keep that in anymore. I have not said that at all. And I felt like it was time because the, the, the discussion on him has reached such a breaking point that I'm like, it's so psycho to watch. The title of this ep is going to be no. Matt Rogers goes public on his <laughs> sordid relationship with Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. Yes, sordid. Our, like, I have to say, this was maybe one of together. the, like, this was one of the first things i knew about you weirdly like we talked about it when we weren't as close it was like right when i had first moved to new york anyway um, this is one of the last things i knew about you. Um, (laughs) i know i was clearly trying to like (laughs) and that's the last thing i'll ever learn about you um yeah that's that's our time with (laughs) matt rogers i actually i have a i have a i live right on a cliff and i'm walking right off it after this i don't want to deal with the fallout from that story no way well that's the appeal of living on a cliff is you can just walk right off whenever you're ready to go yeah And, and that's a really good way to go too it's it's majestic it's the it's the gayest thing you could do. Yes, I mean, as Bjork once said, uh, you know that song where she's on a cliff. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where she's like, no. each morning no. I throw things off. See, you would think I'm a Bjork gay, but I'm actually not. Okay, but 
there's literally a song where she's like, Nothing you say is going to make him a Bjork gay. (laughs) Nothing you say is going to make him know this song, fag. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, is this helping? She's on a cliff in the song. So the song is about, she goes, cliff. Does this help you, Sam? Episode after episode, George bullies me. He belittles me. He tells me I'm nothing. And Quoting Bjork is bullying. (laughs) I just want to say something. I just want to say that they're on this podcast... George is the Bowen and I'm the Sam and you're the me and huh. we we get bullied Sam we get bullied because because they say that we're not as culturally smart or they say I we're did, stupid I've never as accused hell. Sam of that. Yes, well you, you were have, very condescending to him on the episode where he did not know that Medea was first to play and he <laughs> thought it was just Medea. Tyler Perry's Medea. He did not know that Rose Byrne and Bobby Cannavale were doing the classic play Medea. Well, and I identified with that. Time. Yeah, from our time from yes, yeah, so you're right. No, it's it's yeah. But listen, our classist. In all classist. fairness, as I have said publicly, and in fact, Medea was literally the last play I saw before uh, quarantine happened. As I've said publicly, it would have been better if it was Tyler Perry's Medea. It was not a good production. We all agree <laughs> well, on the that. The fact that you know that it's not a good production is classist. Yeah. <laughs> you're classist. Okay, let me tell my view story. Yes, okay. I'm sorry. Go, go, tell it. Okay, so I went with. So I have a friend who's a. a furniture she makes furniture and so she aiden needs vibes. like <laughs> yeah she's aiden um come so on architect for a while would always watch the view while at her wood shop because she needed something to kind of stimulate you know, mindless to watch uh-huh. yes. yeah um oh my sure george classism is exemplified more and more by the second my, me saying my Matt's like she needed something to challenge her. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, so she and at the time she was living in Maine. So she visited New York. And one of the things she wanted to do was go to the View. And I was like, okay, fun, whatever. We went. We didn't know who the guest was going to be. The warm up comic comes out, and after plugging his upcoming dates in Connecticut, says the guest is none other than Newt Gingrich. Oh, <laughs> and. The second guest is a performance from Shrek the Musical. <laughs> so the two things I got wow, were Shrek was, the Musical. That is so the view. And Newt Gingrich. Fuck. So then the warm-up comic is, is saying that we have to practice clapping for the guest. Honey, we so all he know says, the warm-up comic. We've all seen him. He's hot, right? <laughs> oh, I could see you think. No, I don't think so. He's kind of hot. Okay, keep going. Is he? I, Do you I think had he's a, hot now? We had a female stand-up comic who oh. I can only describe as um, mom of someone else who has the same bus stop as you. <laughs> Gizmo, you're ruining the view story. Okay, so <laughs> I, so we had to practice <laughs> clapping. So he said, okay, when I say New Gingrich, everyone claps. And <laughs> I did Gizmo. not. I mean, you have to understand, this was 20... Not that now I would clap for Newt Gingrich. What if I was like, you know, now it's all water under the bridge. I'd clap for Newt. But this was like 2017, 2018. Like, really, the sting of the election had not in any way worn off. Um, so he said, you know, Newt Gingrich. And then everyone clapped. And I didn't clap. But I wasn't doing it provocatively. I was just like, you know, hopefully no one will notice. I'm, I refuse to clap for Newt Gingrich. And, of course, he singles me out. And he's like, dude, we don't all agree with him. But you have to clap. And I was like, I, I'm sorry. I really don't. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) And then he like started making fun of me and was like, said something along the lines of like, called me like a Warby Parker model to make fun of me because I was wearing like, you know, glasses. What a burn. Um, And truly like, 
ultimately made me clap because there was no he wasn't going to move on until I clapped. Well, that's you, really you disappointing. Could have held that show hostage. That's so disappointing. Well, I well, I mean, for in my defense, I didn't clap when Newt Gingrich actually came out. I only did it for the rehearsal when I was being like reprimanded. So anyway, he comes out. They do a whole interview. It's literally like Megan McCain being like, "So you're like a father to me, you know, all that stuff, whatever. <laughs> um, you're like a father, but not like my father, John McCain." Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they did that. Then Shrek the musical happened. No, wait, did I say Shrek the musical? It was SpongeBob. Oh, you did say Shrek. Shrek was SpongeBob? better, but all right. We'll issue a... a you don't think SpongeBob the music? Yeah, I guess Shrek was better, but Shrek? SpongeBob was worse as a musical, though, right? Yeah, but Shrek to me is is funnier to think performed The View. I guess I guess you're right. You know what I mean? Did you know this guy who played SpongeBob is a hot gay guy? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, they all are. They're all hot gay guys. Okay, well, anyway. Um, <laughs> well, they're either hot so, gay guys or hot straight guys who, like, crush the puss. Yes. Uh, or hot gay guys who crush the puss. So then... Come on, a, revolution. Okay. <laughs> two other things happen. Bye, but Kenzie. Thing, Kenzie Scale found dead. Dead of a kid. <laughs> study its fucking Identified teeth. Identified by the teeth. Fucking... <laughs> marred beyond comprehension wait okay i need to tell the second part of the story uh, brute force (laughs) there's trauma to the head unbelievable call a smart hot girl in glasses because we need someone to bend over and say what happened to you (laughs) no prince found (laughs) girl let's get some fucking freak forensic people in here because we need magicians on the set go george Okay, so they say, the warm-up comic says during a commercial break, we have a super, I I heard we have a view super fan on the crowd, and it was this, like, skinny little, maybe, like, 12-year-old gay boy who had come from, like, I want to say Indiana with his mom to see the view, and he watches it every morning and, like, is, uh, you know, a view super fan, so he goes, what's your name? And then the kid got so nervous that he just started crying. (gasps) Oh! Like before even saying his name, like this little scrawny little kid that was clearly like this was his one reprieve from a lifetime of bullying was watching The View every morning. And so then um, it was revealed that Megan is his favorite and they brought him into the uh, onto the stage. And Megan, I have to say, was the only one who gave him any kind of affection, like all the other women could not be bothered. And Megan gave him a big hug which was also depressing on its own. Anyway, all of this is to say, I then went home uh, and I was living with a boyfriend at the time and he asked me how it was and I started describing all of these things. And meanwhile, I had in the beginning found it very like kind of sweet and nice to see like a diverse array of like older women being very excited to be at The View. I was like, the crowd was actually very like cute and, you know, it was inspiring. Cute. And yeah. unlike say going to, Disneyland or something. No offense, Matt. And so then, fuck you. That's a that's a that, that didn't you need to. That didn't need to say that. You, you can't attack him and then say no that. offense. That's a literal attack. So oh, then I'm describing this whole day, and so then I I say the phrase I say those women deserved better and start to cry. Oh my god! I literally make myself tear up by saying those women deserve better, and then I'm like in tears. <laughs> Wow, what do you mean? Like they deserve better? I mean, like, like the fact that I was 
the fact that what they got was Newt Gingrich when yeah. these are like women that were like ready to like have fun and maybe see, you know, Kelly Rowland promote her new I, cookbook. I was going to say Kerry Washington. Yeah. 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 Well, um, <laughs> you smell. <laughs> Someone's a critic of but, the DNC. But do you know what I mean? It's, I was just so heartbroken that like that is what they got during their one trip to New York City where they wanted to go to the view. They got Newt Gingrich. Yeah. I did. Uh, I was able to say no to being handed Newt Gingrich's book at the end. That's really brave. Thank you. I think they, did, they were like, do you want one? Do you want one? I was like, no. Yeah. And then I, I kept walking. I think it's great that you 60% held on to your ideals. Uh huh. Yeah. I was exactly 60%. <laughs> that's good. And that's actually as much percentage as, as you can be expected. Yeah, well, eh, whatever. I was going to say something about the popular vote, but literally, shoot me in the head. We can uh, we can have that arranged. Sam, what was your experience at The View? Okay, so when I went to The View, um, I have two tales. The They're both brief. So in, and they both happen in the in-between sections when, like, sometimes the cast will, like... That's where the real magic the happens. ...from the audience. And uh, Raven Simone was there, of course. Yep. And... Uh, this girl stood up and she was like, I'm an aspiring actress. I really want to make it in Hollywood. Um, do you have any advice on getting into the industry? And Raven goes, uh, yeah, I've got some advice. Don't. That's it. And, and that, so she, she just like coldly said, don't do she it. She said, don't. And th- like all of them seemed like they were in an awful mood on this day. She just said, don't. And then she was like, I mean, just like, audition and stuff and eventually it'll work out (laughs) (laughs) oh great great idea raven simone has been famous since she was 18 months truly then the worst one is uh whoopi took a question and it was this woman and she was like my like best friend was a huge fan of you he watched your one woman show every single day while he was in the hospital dying of aids you meant so much to him and that show meant so much to him. And it's just amazing that I get to see you. And I'm so happy that I can tell you how much you meant to him. And she just goes, yeah, a lot of people like that show. Oh, my God. I, Whoopee. This, this actually reminds me of something that she did when we were there, which was they did, an, they did a dance contest with the audience. Did they do this for you guys? They did like a oh, dance yes, contest. Oh, yes, they did it for me, and, yeah. And um, like they were all supposed to be the judges like and fi- and figure out who won and Sonny was the only one who was giving it any attention and she was like i like the woman over there i thought she was good energy and the woman the woman doing the warm up that was like running the dance competition goes to whoopi and goes whoop what did you think and whoopi goes i don't give a fuck about this <laughs> i mean it I- was unbelievable bowen and i turned to sand <laughs> That is absolutely cruel. Every gay so person good. needs to go to the View. It's 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 birthright. It's insane. It is I would the agree. View is birthright for gays. Gay birthright. <laughs> yeah, that is that. But um, are your were your parents like morning show people? My my parents to this day will watch the Today Show every single day. Like they're like in Today Show house, and not even the scandal like deterred them from it. Like we were we were like a Today Show family growing up. America's first family. Katie met. And that still to this day, they are watching Savannah and Hoda, and they feel that they know Hoda. Well, I feel that way as well. Uh, yeah, my parents also, I was raised on that. 
as well. My parents are not morning show people. Um, when we lived in the States still, they would watch late night. Sh- My dad liked Jay Leno, embarrassingly. Mm. He likes Jay Leno and the movie Weekend. <laughs> and that, that's beautiful in terms of how dads can grow like mm-hmm. you can't ask for much better than that i mean can you imagine going from from one to the other uh J- leno and like yeah when i'm i think that was off. the only one i don't think he knew that there were other options i think he was just like enamored with the concept of late night and he was like that's the one we're gonna brush over matt's joke <laughs> What did he say? I didn't hear. Can you imagine going between J-Lo and Waco? Yeah, when I'm jacking off. But <laughs> come a little bit to Mr. Leno, then... Hey, you know, know, you know, know, I was J-Lo's this weekend. weekend. I J-O'd that. No. Oh, oh, my God. God. Sam, do you like Jay leno Yeah, you do. I would like Come on. I, yeah, that's kind of your type. Yeah, right, it, it is Sam's type. Like. Wait, who... Okay. Um, are you going to ask... Who, who are his contemporaries? Like, Leno, Letterman... Craig Kilborn and then uh, Kilborn. like fucking what's his name? Um, the guy Conan? who was British, yeah, Conan, and then the British guy. Oh. Um, God, this is embarrassing for him. Not uh, Craig Ferguson. Yeah, for Craig Ferguson. Oh, he's like uh, Scottish. Whatever. Sure. He's at Europe. <laughs> yeah, he's Europe. He's definitely European. Yeah. All right. Here's an actual really good question that's going to satiate us and the listeners. Wait, uh, before you ask it. Do we want to at least introduce the topic so it's in the air and then we can keep talking about whatever? George just said to you, George just looked at you and he said, this is my podcast, bitch. He is said, that, I respect that so much. my damn podcast. It's this the like, hardest I've gotten the whole app. It's the, is, I've yeah, been, and you've been hard the whole app, and now it's just like concerningly hard. Yeah, now I'm so hard that it hurts. It hurts my penis. My pee-pee are hurting. I think, one, I, my, I am, my interest is peaked to hear Matt's big question and I think we should get to the topic, so I don't know what to do. Matt, do you remember when in our group chat I said I'm going to kick your ass, and then you replied, I just got a little hard? I did. I did. I like <laughs> okay. when George gets like rough with me. Mm. I like when he gets like a little superior with me and a little rough with me. I think it's actually really good. Yeah. No, I like it too. Okay, Matt, what's this question? I actually do need to know. The question is, and it can be really short so we can get to the topic. Yeah. It can be sort of like... the like, podcast really soon. It can it can sort of be like the straight shooter of it all. Sure. Um, which late night host current would you bang? Would you like to bang the most? Here you go. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert. Uh, I don't Seth Myers. Seth Myers. Oh, yes. For me, it's for me. I know. So here's the thing, and I guess obvious- John Oliver too, and James uh. Corden. And Corden, of course. Yeah, for Sam. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. The obvious answer is obviously Seth Meyers. Yeah, it is. I weirdly am going to go Colbert. Whoa. Here's, okay, and I know you guys, Corden's second place, number one. Matt, are you so shocked that you can't move? Because oh, Colbert, <laughs> Col- no, <laughs> I have a literally frozen time. Colbert well, I just started like- watching Strangers with Candy for the first time, and in oh. it, He's Literally, hot. it's played for laughs that Colbert and the art teacher are gay together, yeah. and it's hot. <laughs> because they play it, like, real, like, sexy. Yeah, and yeah. it's, like, hot, and it made me be attracted to Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for me, it's definitely definitely Seth Meyers, because I actually think that bringing him home to my parents would be the f- biggest achievement of my life. Like, this is, <laughs> this is my husband, this is my fiancé, this is the smartest man in the world who has... Um, for me, a lot of sex appeal, and he's funny. 
Matt, I need to tell you, you need to stop thinking about what your parents will like and your romantic and sexual partners. You need to think about what you like. This is this is a game. This is a, a game of, of carnal uh, want. Wait, you're I also want to say you forgot. Fantasy, you're, you're, forget, yeah. you're thinking of your parents' approval. So right. You're so right. You're so Matt, right. when you're fantasizing about fucking a late night host, you can't think about your parents. <laughs> you're right. I, and I have to remind myself of that. So with that being said, um, uh, it's still Seth Meyers because he's the one I believe keeps his butthole cleanest. Okay. Here's what I'll say about it is that even though I just went on a whole thing about Stephen Colbert, if push comes to shove and they both showed up, I would fuck Seth Meyers. You okay. definitely would. He'd be better conversation to be less self-involved. Here's and really, yeah, I guess you so. both immediately assumed James Corden, and I want to say I he's number two and number one is Jimmy Kimmel. But Jimmy Kimmel, Man Show era. Yeah, yeah. So problematic attitudes era, Jimmy Kimmel. Yes, yes. Wrong, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel's hot. Wrong. Not crying on TV because they put his baby back together. No, no, no. Being bad, Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> they put his baby back together. <laughs> I also do think Trevor Noah is oh, technically yeah. hot. Yep. But I can't, I mean. Especially you know. now in quarantine, he's looking fucking really good. Yeah, yeah, he's, no, he's yeah looking that's true. Great. He's I, I I think he's so hot. I unfortunately don't think he's funny at all. No, but, he's um, amazing. But, uh, hosts a comedy show. Yeah, amazing that's the thing. Isn't it such a revolution when people who have nothing to do with comedy really? Well, I guess he would call himself a stand-up, so that's not fair. But when not funny people host prestige comedy shows, I think that's a revolution. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, someone whose show recently got canceled, who's actually hotter than all these people, is Hassan Minaj. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, were, did you ever meet Hassan Minaj? No, but I did uh, submit to work on a oh, show twice. <laughs> you were hinting at that that I was like, wait, did you guys go on a date? Like Jeffrey Boyer Chapman and now Hassan? No, like, oh my god. No. <laughs> you were like, he, I did. Well, I can't even say. And I was Hassan like, oh. <laughs> Hassan is like very straight. But I met him when Bowen and I hosted Padma Lakshmi's um, uh, like show at the Bell House that she did. God, and- what a sentence. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the fact that that was a real thing was so insane. Very That's how you know we were flying too close to the sun. We deserve the pandemic. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I mean, what was there going to be another show after yeah. Padma's yeah. Com- comedy shows at the Bell House? Alternative Brooklyn comedy show. No, when Chris Rock dropped into Padma's show at the Bell House, hosted by two stupid faggots, Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang. Like it's that this doesn't make any sense. But anyway, um, yeah, we, that's why people got sick. In many ways, you caused it. Yeah, that was we were all patient zero there. Just emotionally, yeah. it was you were the Gwyneth Paltrow's of of the contagion. That's the second title of uh, the ep. How Matt caused COVID. <laughs> they were uh, Matt. We're trying to get more clicks. I mean, yeah. plain and simple. Um, sorry right, so should, we, should, we say, should we say the topic? Oh, yeah, Matt. God. Why oh, don't you go God. ahead and tell us the topic? The topic is sheds and garages. Great. <laughs> we have approximately three and a half minutes. <laughs> oh my God. That makes me sad, actually, because I'm having so much fun. Well, wait, no, I'm kidding. We actually, I have no heart out. But, but Matt, uh, Matt. Yeah. I want to know why you chose this topic. Well, I chose this topic because me as a gay child would have been lost in a shed or a garage 
anyway. You know what I mean? Like that's not where we thrive. Like settings that smell like gasoline mm. that have many wood. different tools in them, wood that are made of wood um, that are held up by sticks that have sort of sawdust everywhere. And um, you're expected to go into this shed and get your dad a specific kind of screw mm. wrench, what have you. Meanwhile, there's like 10 of all of them and they all are like slightly different sizes and slightly different types and straight men intrinsically know what kind of screw or wrench or whatever tool they need. But me as a gay child, Going in there, I knew that it was so much more than me going into the shed and being able to help my father by getting the right tool. It was so much more than what he needed to do in that moment. It was a test on my masculinity and whether or not I was going to be good enough for him. And also adding to my specific disease here, and being gay is, of course, a vicious disease that we are all fighting every day. We're all fighting it every day. Mm And um, it's a it's a silent battle, but I'm here to sort of like yeah, well, screw. silent or loud. Often. I'm often hear, yeah. hear me roar. I believe it was Katy Perry who said, "Yeah, um, that's true." And I'm also stream com- smile, stream smile <laughs> out, out out today. Um, but I'm also colorblind, so this was like a real sort of a virus, if you will, my body attacking itself from the inside, (laughs) like making me unable to carry out these tasks for my dad. And I'll just never forget the abject terror that was going into sheds and garages, being instructed to do so by my father who needed something and returning to him either with the wrong thing or with nothing at all. Tears in my eyes, not really understanding that I was gay or colorblind, just thought I was stupid and not a man. And the defeat and disappointment in his face. And he has since come a long way. He's not watching weak but he is like leaving the room so I can watch Housewives. Um, But the way that that felt was so defining and straight and like oppressive to me that I'll never forget it. It's interesting that you, um, you juxtaposed being gay and being stupid and not a man. Because in my mind, those are the same. Right. So that's when I found that out. Yes. (laughs) This is when, this is when the confirmation came. Yeah. God, it is funny for your body to be like, oh, no, he's gay. We have to do something. Uh, we can't see color at all. Yeah. I think it was a ra- It was like a trauma response. Yeah. My yeah. body was being like, okay, so, you know, his dad is going to make him go, like, mow the lawn. And this is another thing. He'd make me clean up the dog poop in the yard. But dog poop is famously brown and grass is famously green. And I have a right. type of color blindness, which is red-green, which is colors like that that are really close together. They completely blend in. I can't see at all. So I would get like a $6 allowance a week when I was little. And he said for every piece of poop that he found that I didn't find, he would take off 50 cents for my allowance. And there was a time when my dog just apparently had like a shit fest and he found 12 that I didn't find. And I thought I had done a great job. So he ended that like session of humiliation by saying, now you owe me money. And he oh. went into his into the house. My dad was like, I think, not happy about the fact that I was gay and knew it intrinsically. And he was really struggling with that internally. And I think now his like about face into progressivism and like his watching N- MSNBC all the time, which is whatever. But um, his like hatred of Trump and obsessively supporting me and the things I do is a response to the fact that he knows he was cruel in those situations. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Also, Matt, I feel like we had very similar upbringings. Like uh, probably, yeah. Also, I'm red green color deficient. I think maybe you have a more intense uh, version of it. Yeah, you'd but... say deficiency. Mine is blindness. Yeah, mine's deficient. Oh. Mm. 
Um, so, and I also have vivid. I win. <laughs> I have vivid memories of being in that shed and being like, oh, like, uh, what do I do? Um, my, I'd say the difference. My parents did kind of find it funny. They thought it was funny that I was like, I could play it off more as like forgetful and um, yeah. like spacey rather than. <laughs> Faggy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. See, I was unable to do that. I was like crying by the time I got back. My, I, there were I. My dad was not hyper masculine in any way. He was very kind of like nerdy, I would say. And like the things he tried to do with me were like tennis, which is like gay. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were certain things that you don't like think of at the time like i have a very distinct memory of i loved to smell candles in a store like just go from candle to candle that's I so not- cute actually i <laughs> fucking so love that i'm so truly- hard again <laughs> <laughs> i there's nothing i like and i didn't have any concept of like quality you know this i was a child so like for you me were- a yankee candle store <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where each like, one tells a that story. That smells different than that one. Yeah. And I just <laughs> have such a memory. And I, at this point, I can't even remember if it was my mom or my dad. But one of them was like, said something along the lines of like, it's don't smell that many candles. <laughs> but it was clearly like, don't be gay. Don't be gay in the mall. Okay. Yeah, you can yeah. be gay all you want at home, but don't be gay in this mall right now. You ever flashback to like specifically explicitly gay moments and like oh, your yes. dad catching you? Like I remember one time I had my Walkman on and I I was singing full out in the passenger seat while my dad was driving us to Shea Stadium to see the Mets. I was singing Britney Spears's Oops I Did It Again album full out. And about to turn to track nine, ten, like I think after Don't Let Me Be the Last to Know, he literally was like, it you have to stop now. That's enough. Uh, and i can't believe i ever was so innocent as to not be self-conscious about that but wow those are the good old days when you could just imagine not being completely torn down every time you express some individuality i was absolutely obsessed with disco like (laughs) i got like i kept getting like disco cds for like my birthday and Christmas, and I was like, this is my fucking music. I couldn't get enough of the stuff. Weirdly, I don't, I guess my parents were just like, he's unique. But they didn't seem to care, but it was bizarre. Yeah. My parents hard. never thought of my tastes as a red flag because they were kind of like, oh, it's all American. Like if I'm mm. listening to Pink so, Miss Undas Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Like it was just like yeah, that's the same as listening to Lincoln Park. The accent, because you know, you know, being Greek, sometimes I, I don't know if those American subtleties are, are too hard, but you really hit the accent. I'm misunderstood. It's it's misunderstood. <laughs> misunderstood. Yeah, it's um one of the finest albums. That I I remember distinctly a road trip where my albums that I liked the best were Misunderstood and the Eminem show. <laughs> See, and here's the problem with culture at that time which is that it we were forced to as gay kids listen to and pretend to really enjoy and sometimes even subconsciously really enjoy the Eminem show which I remember I bought that album because I felt like I needed to and I was looking through the um, album art and it's basically him having murdered the crowd that came to see him whoa and i was so upset by it i was like i I remember like looking at it and being like this is so violent and ugly and mean and i'm too young to like understand 
the symbolism here, which is like obviously like a very first thought, which we can now say looking back, railing against fame and the attention he was getting and the sort of like hatred of his own success. Okay, um, so which Gaga. Is so fucking annoying. Yeah. Like, it, wow. It, are you saying Gaga copied Eminem? Yeah. <laughs> Eminem's clearly a huge influence on Gaga. Yeah. I do think the like early experiences of like seeing violent imagery mm-hmm. stick with you so much. Like um, when I was at this point, I, we were back in Greece uh, or maybe it was a summer that we were visiting Greece, but there, there was a year when Turkey won Eurovision and obviously Greek people are very, uh, you know, Greece and, and Turkey are races against one another. Mm-hmm. And so there was a that. big, huh? I didn't know that. Welcome Sam, to Greece world was like history. under Turkish rule. <laughs> yeah, welcome to World History 101 with George. Damn. <laughs> yeah, something I'm in damn school. Sheesh, am I getting my okay. fucking grad degree? Damn. Hold on, let me clock in to class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure I get my paycheck from this class. Yeah, in a perfect world. So the winner of Eurovision was this woman named Sertab Erener, and her song was called Every Way That I Can. And the lyrics were, Every Way That I Can, I'll Try to Make You Love Me Again. And, um, then it became kind of like a, a talking point on Greek morning shows that she has a history as a Satanist um, because they found an album of hers where like there was an image of a baby crying and they decided that that meant it was like an image of a baby like being killed. And then there were all these if you literally like search her name in Satanist, there were all these theories where it's like she was doing like Illuminati symbols during her performance and all this stuff. And I had never heard of the concept of Satanism before. And mm. hearing that there were people that worshiped Satan was so crazy and violent to me that I had like nightmares about it for two weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's not um, something that a child is, you know, really going to be used to hearing. And I was just wanting to watch a pop performance in Eurovision. I wasn't ready to be introduced to Satanism. Wait, so was yeah, she but... Satanic? No. Oh, they, that was just like a rumor. That's what I'm saying. It's because of like race, racism. <laughs> oh, huh. But I didn't, I, I didn't understand it at the time. Keep in mind, I wasn't that young. I was like 13. Also, neither did they. It was Eurovision, and so they probably just were like, "This is a costume fun," and they were wow, like, "Wow, great Greek accent." Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually a person of Greek descent that cannot do a Greek accent. I weirdly can't either. It always turns out Indian. Hmm. Well, which is really, and don't try it because we don't need that. Listen, (laughs) you don't have to tell me twice. Um, One thing about sheds and the trauma around sheds and garages, uh, it would be now hot to take back that power and hook up in one. Oh yeah, can I oh, yeah. also can I say something? You know what gets me a little like high because it's gasoline, but also I like the smell of it because it's gasoline. Gasoline. <laughs> huh. I, when you were saying that, I was like, well, oh I'm, is this a twist? No, you're right. Oh, my my shed reeked of gasoline. And like whenever you go to a gas station and fill up your car and you smell the gas, I don't know why I'm addicted to it. Isn't it interesting that these sheds and garages, like places of hiding, that's so inherently queer and yet they're so straight? Yeah. But I guess that is what makes hooking up in one hot. Fully got to be part of it. I mean, yeah. Well, it's also like the man's... Wait, Matt, do you have to hiding? Do I have to what? Do you have to leave? I I have another podcast in two minutes, but I told him I'm 10 minutes behind. Okay, great. Um, We can wrap up. 
We can find a way. <laughs> I know, but I'm worried that we haven't talked enough about sheds. I feel we've said a, actually a lot about it. And I can I say something? Yes. I don't regret a second of this podcast. I think we've talked about everything important. And I think we've talked about everything amazing. And I think that we have, while we've barely grazed on the subject, I actually am thrilled and honored to be one of oh. the guests that it took a really long time to get to the topic because we were having such a fun time discussing other things together as friends who are on a group thread together. And it needs to be said. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That means you well, guys are my wedding party. I that couldn't have said it better myself. Cannot wait for your Zoom wedding. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be incredible. Coming in 2040. Coming in 2040. When the next, uh, the third pandemic comes. Can't wait. Can't wait. Third time's the charm, baby. Well, it is <laughs> time, time for will our... die. <laughs> third time's the charm. Third time's the charm. <laughs> it's going to kill us this time. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I don't want to die. I just want to stop existing right now. Yeah, just for a minute. That's it. Bring me back as a camel, babe. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We literally let him go so he can go to his other podcast. Um, Okay. Sam, introduce our final segment. Our final segment is um, shout outs um, in the style of TRL. We give a shout out to something we enjoy. You get it. Um, yeah, and, and just so you know, Matt, I'm bad at this segment. But also, no, he's not. He only I don't is bad when he says he's bad right before. No, I'm literally... <sighs> it's just it's not my natural comedic sensibility to do something like this. Oh, my well, God. Whatever. It's not, ever, it's not about you this time. Yeah. I know. It clearly isn't. Um, George, That's why one? I don't like it. Huh? George, do you have one, though? Do I have one? Huh. Um, you know, no. Oh, my God. Um... Um, 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 looking around, what can I say? Um, I have one. Okay, Matt, oh, go. Well, first, that's fun. Yo, what's good, everybody? I just want to give a quick shout out to Elephants. Elephants, we're getting a shitty rap right now because the Republicans and the AKA GOP are absolutely using your image. But I guess what? I know you are smart. I know you are big. I know you are majestic. And I know that you need better representation. So shout out to Elephants. Y'all are big. Your noses are the are singular, baby. And I just want to let you know that the way you stomp, you shine. And we actually love you. And no Republican can take you away from me and you they are giving you a bad rap and we know it the gay people stand you elephants you have gay fans at least three shout out to them i actually have one now what's up listeners i want to give a quick shout out to donkeys Biden and Kamala Harris this election and not Donald Trump. So I have no empathy for elephants. And I don't think they're getting a bad rap because of Republicans. I think what our uh, guest Matt Rogers was trying to do is uh, kind of revamp elephants image to make Trump seem less dangerous for society. But in fact, I think donkeys, aka Democrats, are better. And if I had to choose, I would choose the Democrats and I would vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in 2020. Please go out and vote. It is so important and don't be confused by gays telling you elephants are actually fine and it's and please vote democrat because this is actually the most important election of our lifetime and i have supported joe biden from day one i said from the get-go this is my man my guy i I liked him so much that i said don't even pick a vp you don't need it and but then when you pick i said you know what good for you and so now i'm voting for uh, donkeys and not elephants and matt rogers you have a lot of explaining to do thank you Woo! 
Okay, what's up, listeners? Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to politics as a whole. I think things are so incredible, and I love that we get together every four years and get to pick our leader. We never make the wrong decision because we all get to vote. We make the correct choice. We as Americans agree on who is the best for the job, and we put our name on that ballot and we send it in every four years and every two years to make the correct choice. And people here are educated, smart, and responsible, and therefore. We will succeed because our nation is good at its core. Nothing bad is in our past and nothing bad is in our future. I love America. I love politics. Joe Biden is good and so is Donald Trump. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> good night. Wow. I have to say, you know, that was a very good trio of shout outs. We covered the whole spectrum. We, had, we really did. We had um, all the animals represented. Is and- this, this is very MSNBC. This is huge. The the most centrist podcast on earth. I would say Matt, you were kind of like an SE cup. Oh. I was James Carvel, and Sam was um like Megan McCain. Yeah, no, Sam Sam has Joanne Reed vibes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, okay, Matt, we'll let you get to your other pod now, but it's been a delight having you on the pod. Absolutely. I pleasure. feel that this podcast has the star quality and i feel that i was really excited to be on and i definitely was a little annoying to george and was like hey when i'm on this is what i want to talk about in a way to be like in a way to be like i'd like to be asked to be on but that was genuine in my heart well i think george was aggressive back by ignoring whatever you said you wanted to talk about and uh, talking about whatever we wanted like i said i would not i wouldn't take back a second of this not even when i revealed my torrid two-date relationship with jeffrey boyer chapman relitigated my the view story for the millionth time or said that i publicly voted for the iraq war i don't take back a second of it no i stand by everything i've said here today yes at all this loud. is me. This is what I said when 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 I watched The Greatest Showman and she was like, "This is me." I was like, "That is a hundred percent how." Did I you feel. relate to that? Because I did. I a hundred percent related like, to this that. Is me. I was. It's so crazy. <sighs> I was like, I've never heard anyone say "This is me," which is something I think about myself all the time. Girl, preach. Like whenever <laughs> when a girl preach. I don't even think that anything else needs to be said. So. Okay, great. Well, Matt, have fun on your second podcast. Can't wait to hear it. It's about theme <laughs> yeah, park rides. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, bye. Right, bye. Bye. Okay, okay wait.